Chris Chows. Welcome back to the show, man. It's just me and the guy tonight, Mr. Jake Hubman. What's going on, buddy? You know, it's a little bit less crowded. I kind of feel like, you know, when you go out to the club, which has been a long time since I went to yeah. a club or a bar, but like all of a sudden, like everybody has left and like you're standing there not knowing what, like that's how I feel you and I are right now. Like we're just the last yeah. one standing. There's no one else here. Everybody's gone home or is watching playoff hockey or whatever the hell's going on. Yeah. And, and you and I are sitting here talking football. That's it, man. You know, when they turn the lights on in the bar and you see, you know, the, the girl you were dancing with, she was a 10 before and now she's not so much. Yeah, and now she like, has a mustache. It's a problem. Yeah, and you're, you're like, oh, dude, what happened here? Um, yeah. But yeah. Awkward. <laughs> I, no, I, I wouldn't know, though. Yeah, I mean, either. I never happened to Sounds me. Sounds like something that would happen to Rem, though. Yeah, Sounds so- like Chris Kennedy's <laughs> probably had that happen before. I'm kind of glad he's not here to talk about it. <laughs> you stay too long in a club if the lights come on, man. Like, yeah. shit, you guys need to, you know, back up. But, you know, I got a piece of apple stuck in my tooth and it's bugging me. I just Right now? Know. Right now, man. I can't get it out of my tooth. It's the worst. You know, How I've long has it been there? Just recent. I just had it, man. So, so it's, it's not really the apple. You're talking like the uh, the skin of the, the apple. The skin of the oh apple. Oh, my yeah. gosh. It's I just, hate it's, that. And, and, you know, I'm trying really hard to use the tongue to get it out. Just, it won't happen. This is the one yeah, of the most it, frustrating things. I'm trying not to make eye contact with your camera because it's like yeah. you're trying to, like, turn me on with your tongue. And I'm just trying not to pay attention to it. <laughs> Basically, it's like basically, a car accident, though. Like once yeah. you see it, you can't stop, you know, looking you at it. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's not good. It's it's all bad news right now. We started this off horribly, but I mean, it's May. Lord. OK, it's, it's May. May. <laughs> it's true. It's May. And I mean, speaking of horrible, I think we got to drop this guy down our ranks because Brees Hall. Why <laughs> is he picking number 35? Brees, man, like, seriously, get your shit straight. I'm dropping you down like five spots because you're using a fullback number. Like, what are you doing, bro? I mean, especially nowadays, you got all these guys scrambling for all these low numbers. And then you get Brees Hall that just doesn't give a damn. And he's like, I guess I'll be a fullback. I don't care. I I don't know if that's like a level of like cockiness. Like, dude, I really don't care. I'm going to go out there and ball with whatever numbers on my jersey. Or if there's some hidden meaning behind it, whatever it is, it sounds like a Jets type of thing to do. I am not happy. You might as well just put 47 on there and awkward, you know, shoot for the best. Like, come on. What happened to 32? Is, I get it. Like 33, like nine. Give me the anybody ones, wear, Does anybody wear 47? I don't even know. Anybody I'm Googling it right now. Google 47 on in the NFL. Who wears 47? Because Brees Hall, you disappoint me, brother. 35. Joe Schobert. Oh, oh I've heard of Schobert. him. The linebacker. Yeah. Uh, I, but that was from this article's over a year old, so I don't know if that's still the <laughs> truth or not. Is he still in the league? I. That is also. He was. Pittsburgh that is also last. worth a Google. Let's see, Joe <laughs> Schobert. Let's see, Joe Schobert right now. Pittsburgh Steelers. You're exactly right. Boom! Look at that. Actually, not, my oh, knowledge. Yeah. Is, yeah. Is he? Yeah. He got traded from Jacksonville. Okay. Yeah. I don't care enough to. To I'm just going to believe you. Okay. <laughs> I don't even know what he was traded for, but I mean, and I, I remember him being traded or released. He was released and he might've been. I mean, yeah, he played there last year. Yeah. He played in 16 games last year, whether he's still there or not. I don't care to really know, but he wore 47 at one point. And he's the only player in the league. To do he's that. the only one I could find, but I didn't really look that close. Ah, oh, Brees Hall. What are you doing, man? How about this man? Fact or fiction. Let's play this game really quickly because we got a couple that kind of, you know, jumped off the board to me. It was uh, drew Brees. Hinting at a return to come back to the NFL. And I mean, this has got to be straight up fiction because he's just playing with people's emotions simply because Jarvis Landry gets signed with the New Orleans Saints recently. And I mean, there's no way Drew Brees, he just had shoulder surgery. There's no way he's coming back. I think it was like October if he was ready to play. So he's, this is just bullshit. I, I, I think this is like one of those like publicity type things. Like let's just stir something up. Cause I can't, I can't see that. And even if he were to come back, am I overly excited like I was when Tom Brady came back? Probably not. Like, it's a completely different situation. Sure, I love me some Breeze's King of the Drews. I'm telling you, I love some Drew Brees. Big fan. I just don't see I don't see that being a possibility. I mean, do they want to sell some tickets in New Orleans? Maybe. But I don't, I, I don't see that in their plans. Uh, I could see him. I mean, we talked about Tom Brady a couple of weeks ago getting a, a job in the booth once he retires. Mm-hmm. Breeze got one. It only lasted a year. 
because he's at NBC where they just don't get a whole lot of games anyway. Right. But is Drew Brees something that comes up maybe down the road is doing something with Tom Brady? That I would like to Ooh. listen to. Wouldn't that be interesting, man? Do a little, you know, QB and QB with a moderator. That'd be all right. Instead of the uh, the, the Manning show there, you got Brees and Brady. The B and Bs. B, double Bs. Double B. B squared. I, I prefer double Ds, but Bs, I'll take yeah. them. Bs are nice. I'll take Bees, them. They're cute. Bs, they're cute. They're, they're enough i mean it's enough <laughs> they're enough it they're enough yeah that's awesome there's no shame there's no, there's no shaming Just there being honest. enough and i yeah. yeah and i mean they're they're always perky and happy you know not so, always well sometimes most of the time <laughs> it works man but hey von miller he goes out to a basketball game apparently with mr obj and all of a sudden bill's twitter and bill's social media starts going crazy saying Von's doing a little recruiting and Hey, you know what? I actually thought about this and said, OBJ really won't be back until what? December ish, November ish. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, October may be really good. good, Best case scenario. Let's just say mid November to end of November where he's in full primetime football shape. So that's good enough for a playoff Super Bowl run. Actually wouldn't hate that in Buffalo. If it was me, I don't, but do you need it? We don't, but it's just nice. It's like a cherry on top. I mean, I can see something like that if, like, you're dealing with injuries or something at the time. But I don't know if that's something you take a stab on now while he's still rehabbing because you just don't know how it's going to turn out. Now, on the other side of that, you like we said, you really don't need him. So if it doesn't and you pay him pennies, you know, to be there because he wants to win, mm-hmm. you're right. I guess I don't hate it, but – as, as crazy as this sounds, because I love OBJ when he's healthy. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of want Jamison Crowder to stay healthy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, like I, I do, too. I kind of want Jamison Crowder and Gabe Davis and Stephon Diggs to kind of be a thing. You know what I mean? I feel like that if those are all healthy wide receivers for the Bills, I don't I don't know if adding Odell Beckham really makes them that much better. And I don't, I don't know if it's it, it would just you know what it would do. It would remove all defense's ability to scheme up appropriately on this bill's offense. And I mean, they're loaded as it is at any way. I mean, let's just, let's just say for argument's sake, and I know we're talking about my bills again. I always find a way, baby. You find a way, you know, doesn't matter. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to find a way cause this is our season. But I mean, if OJ Howard turns into a thing and, and, and this is the thing is, is you could be so versatile and so multi-dimensional and faceted that Good Lord, help all the defensive coordinators, because if you're going double tight end sets, you got a James Cook on the field. And let's just say he turns into a, you know, Alvin Kamara light. Let's just say, you know, nothing like Alvin Kamara, but Alvin Kamara light. And I'm still sticking with it. (laughs) Even if he even if he does, how are you scheming up against this shit? You can't do it. Then you got Diggs, you got Gabe, you got Crowder, you got McKenzie. Like, come on, man. Like this offense is ready to go. Yep. And I mean, technically, you can still add. Josh Allen into the mix for his running, his rushing upside. I mean, it's the, how do Absolutely. you contain that and everything else? It's just, and that's where, I mean, I guess from a greedy perspective, you can look at it and be like, oh yeah, one of the best teams in football, let's add Odell Beckham. But I really don't think they're going to need him unless they're, they're severely depleted with injuries at some point here throughout the season. But even if they were, they still have plenty of options. Like it's not like they're one injury away from barely winning the division. Like, they should easily go out there and win close to 14 games with the current roster right now. Adding Odell Beckham, how many more wins is it really going to give them? Yeah, Not a whole I, lot. It just gives it them would, depth. Yeah. It, and it would be just a playoff run, in my opinion, if that's what you're thinking of Odell Beckham coming to the Bills. But, man, it's going to be – I'm, I'm getting excited, man. It's mid-May, and I'm, I'm my juices are flowing for this year to get started because, I mean, I haven't been this excited for a Bills season – I mean, last year was I had pretty high expectations as well. But I mean, to get really, really, truly excited about a Bills team, you got to go back to the Super Bowl run in the 90s. Like, that's how how much optimism I have this year in this club. It is basically make it to the Super Bowl or your season's a failure and basically win it. Otherwise, it's a disappointment. Like, that's the expectation I have in this team this year. And it's going to be hard, right? I mean, especially being the AFC, they have a ridiculous uphill battle ahead of them getting to the playoffs cool once they're there whole nother ball game uh what's what's weird to me though is we're sitting here and we're talking about odell beckham and everybody else and i feel like people still 
don't give enough respect to Stefan Diggs. Like, yes, they look at last year and everybody's like, dude had a down year. Like, dude just didn't perform as much. We couldn't really get a whole lot of Stefan Diggs. We were having to rely on Gabe Davis and Cole Beasley. And thank God for Devin Singletary. The guy still had 1,200 yards and 10 touchdowns. Like, right. It's like there's like nobody around. There's like, oh man, Stefan Diggs is still elite. It's like people are dropping him down lists because of a quote unquote bad year in 2021. I'll take that bad year. Any day of the week, 103 catches, 1,225 yards, and 10 touchdowns, that is that is more than enough. And even though it wasn't like the 1,500 like the year before, mm-hmm. uh, Stephon Diggs is, is still somebody who I believe is kind of underrated in that offense overall. I agree. And I, I it's, it's funny how you say that because, I mean, there are so many weapons and so many ways that Josh Allen has been spreading the ball around. And the fact that, that he went from 15 to 12 is because of Dawson Knox mm-hmm. and maybe to some degree Cole Beasley, but I mean, he faded as the season went on. And then obviously, you know, everyone's talking up Gabe because of that uh, Kansas city four touchdown game thinking he's going to be the one to explode. But I've been on the Gabe train ever since he was oh, yeah. a rookie, man, because he was just too damn good. And the fact that he went in what the fourth round, whenever, whenever he did, I mean, that was just a theft in itself. And if Gabe or if uh, Stefan Diggs ever decides to part ways with Buffalo and the bills are still somewhat relevant, I think Gabe could be a wide receiver one. Yeah. I a hundred percent absolutely agree. No, it's good stuff, man. My bills. And okay, we'll just move on. But <laughs> sad news. We saw Mr. Tariq Cohen and I really, you know, man, not only Dude, saw it, I heard it. I heard that too. It was like a gunshot pop. And I mean, literally feel so bad for the guy. I mean, he's a free agent, you know, coming off the ACL. He goes IG live if you guys didn't see it. And I mean, go check it out. It's still probably posted up there. But I mean, he was doing the the drills in the cones, I believe. And then he was going in a back pedal and then went to take off to burst. And the, and the Achilles just popped on him and he fell to the ground. And I mean, you got it. What is he, 26, 27 years old? Um, you know, vying for another opportunity. And then this happens. And I mean, coming off an ACL now in Achilles, you got to think Cohen's career might be done. Yeah. I mean, it's tough too, because Tariq Cohen, when you think about it, it's like, man, this is one of the most versatile players in the NFL that we've seen in a few years. And then all of a sudden it's just, it's not just nagging injuries anymore. Like now he's starting to rack up major injuries and there's going to be, there was already very few clubs that were out there that were really overly, you know, pursuing him because of these injuries, adding a torn Achilles to it is just not, it's just not ideal. If I had to guess more than likely his NFL days are, are pretty much over. He's a player that relies on change of direction and speed. And now in back-to-back years, ACL tears and Achilles tears, it's just, it just doesn't add up very well for Tariq Cohen, and I hate it. I mean, I, I liked, I enjoyed watching Tariq Cohen play. They called him like what, the human joystick. Yep. It's fun, but I, I feel for this dude because here he is on Instagram Live, just trying to get a shot somewhere. Dude running over those little low hurdle things, and when he planted, at first I, I heard it, but I didn't realize what I heard, and then when I watched it again. I realized that the popping noise that I heard was actually his Achilles and I almost puked because it was just like, Oh my God, like that's what that was like that. It just sounded like something that popped in the background of a man. It was, I mean, there was music going, he's recording it on a cell phone. So it's not like he's got some souped up, you know, microphone. And it it was, it was clear as day. And that, I, man, I feel for that guy. And when he went down, he was all like, Oh no. And he knew exactly what it was. he knew. Yeah. And I, 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 I didn't hear it, but I think he even said to somebody else, I, I, it was my Achilles or I popped my Achilles or whatever. It was high. He knew what it yeah. was. Yeah, he knew instantly. And I mean, him rolling on the ground in pain and then basically trying to make sense of the rehab he just went through mm-hmm. to now understanding that now it's all over and he's going to have to do it all over again if he wants another shot. And I mean, being undersized the way he was, it's that's that's why nobody was really knocking down yep. his door anyway. I mean, he's a specialist type of player. He could have provided. I mean, could you imagine a healthy Tariq Cohen in a Tom Brady Tampa Bay Man. offense? Right. That's that's that it's would like have James been special. White on crack <laughs> on crack times too. Yeah. Like yeah, it's speed and crack together, and you're going, man. But. I don't know. Rest in peace that way for your career, likely, buddy. I'm sorry to say it, Tariq Cohen. You were fun to watch while it lasted. But yep. R.I.P. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, I, I feel it's, bad it's for not, the guy. And so do I. It's awful news. But I mean, 
some more of a bad news. Oh, uh, God, let's just keep it going. Bad you news know, after I'm, bad news. I, you know, I guess I'm the bad news bear today because we're we're seeing Deshaun Watson, man. Likely a suspension looming, and it's coming. We all knew something was going to happen. We just didn't know when. Apparently, it's going to be coming down. The hammer is dropping in the next two weeks-ish, if not sooner. Um, we're here in four to six games at this point for Mr. Watson. Uh, word came out that the NFL has concluded their investigation on the man and they will be coming down with the judgment shortly. We did see new um, news that uh, Deshaun Watson apologized, apparently, to one of his masseuses uh, after the the massage, after she was crying. So, I mean, new revelation has come out. I don't know. He was under oath. He said that he did apologize to her. Don't know what he was apologizing for. Maybe he just left a poor tip and said, you know, sorry about the tip. What? What's very interesting about this whole thing is not so much the Deshaun Watson potential suspension, because I think most people were expecting something, right? But what makes this like super awkward is that this is why they're keeping Baker Mayfield is because they want to have him for the first four to six weeks. They're they're basically telling Baker, F you, dude, we ain't sending you nowhere because we're going to use you for four to six weeks. Now, on the other side of that, Baker can take those four to six weeks and if he does ball out, he'll probably have some potential suitors. But is he going to be a starting quarterback at that point? Probably not, because all, right. all those spots are going to be filled that far into the season, unless some team out there has an injury spot that they need to fill. But, man, this is like the ultimate finger to Baker Mayfield. Like, I'm almost borderline surprised it's going this way. They yeah. brought in Jacoby Brissett. You would have thought that, man, let's just part ways with Baker. Let's send him somewhere for pennies on the dollar. Let's just... Let's just stop with this, and we'll use Brissett if we need to for the first four to six games. Right. The fact that they're not doing this. It's insane. It is absolutely nuts. I mean, what if Baker just says, you know, I ain't doing this. You know, I'm yeah. going to go out there and risk everything for what? For you guys just to let me walk and then nobody wants me? Yeah, it is. I have never, ever, ever seen anything play out like this yeah. to the fact where they're keeping – I mean, the guy was the number one overall pick just what, sure. four years ago. It's not like he's just some Random casual, dude. you know, bench guy in the NFL that's been riding the pine for years. This is like a legit guy who's getting totally screwed, and everybody, everybody sees it, and everybody knows exactly what's going on. It's insane. It's right in plain sight for everybody, everybody. to watch. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm even baffled. So, I, I mean, I watched that one podcast that Baker was on with his buddies, uh, I wish I knew the podcast because it was an interesting interview. I know I, mean, I watched it. I know which one yeah. you're talking about, but I don't remember yeah. the name of it. Yeah, me neither. And I mean, but it was interesting because it gave you a different dynamic of what Baker Mayfield is as a guy. And and that's the whole reason why I kind of watched it. You, you, you kind of got the feeling that they were catering to him quite a bit, whether it be in the questions or the responses that they were given. It was a lot of, you know, very close knit friend, uh, you know, speak if you, if I can say it that way. But what I took from it was Baker. I'm, he still is a decent dude. I don't think he's as much of a douche as I thought he was and how he was kind of putting it more to the fact of saying, you know, they're doing me dirty. I've always been trying to prove myself. Like when he had to go from Texas tech to OU, how they mm-hmm. screwed him over there. Yep. That, that was a story that I had no idea. I didn't even realize I'd that went down for either. Right. Kingsbury completely screwed him over. They halted his uh, one year of eligibility. He couldn't transfer. So he had to actually go to as a walk on. <laughs> and I was like, what the hell is going on? This is Baker Mayfield. We're talking about here in college. Like, and then, you know, he had to prove himself on the field in practice before um, uh, Lincoln Riley was going to give him the shot to be the starting quarterback. Like this man has dealt with a boatload of things to overcome what his family what was he living living in like some kind of uh apartment with uh, something else like no food or something yeah i mean he he didn't have a whole lot right and it's just crazy that he has to do this all over again yeah and and we've been critical i've been critical on baker i know you like baker more than i do but i mean i've been critical on the man simply because it was the consistency issues the accuracy was never a problem for me it was getting the ball downfield being clutch you know being the true leader on the field and not being, you know, the grabbing the junk and going pointing to the other, you know, bench. Like that was the Baker I didn't like. Cause that reminded me a little bit of Johnny Manziel. But when we're talking about this situation, the, the whole thing is flipped for me and how I feel for him because he legit is being screwed over mm-hmm. and, and they're basically telling him, we don't care. We're going to do this. And because you're on the roster and getting paid, you're going to do it for us. And just, 
just associate that with your real life. With, yeah. If you're listening here, you're at a job and you are one of the best at your job. You are the first one promoted for something that comes up in your department. And then four years later, the new shiny toy comes along, takes your job, but you're still basically there knowing I'm about to get fired and there's nothing you can do about it. Mm. Uh, a lot of people are going to say, oh, I don't feel bad for him. He's out there making millions of dollars. Facts. However, sure. from a personal standpoint, that's going to piss a lot of people off. And Baker Mayfield, the reason I like Baker Mayfield is it's not the scripted, you know, politically correct responses in every single interview that you get from all these different players. That's not what he is. He's going to speak whatever's on his mind. Is it cocky? Yeah. Do I totally hate it? Not all the time. Of course, there's going to be. Yeah, I, I, I agree. You probably shouldn't be grabbing your junk and yelling at the posing sideline. That's sure. crossing the line. But right. when you're speaking the truth in a in a press conference, I don't hate that at all. And I think Baker Mayfield is very misunderstood. He's been put in a lot of bad situations before. And he's always had to prove himself. And now he's in a position where he's kind of got to do it again, but he doesn't even really have the opportunity to do it. Right. And, and it's like, it's like Napoleon syndrome. I mean, mm -hmm. he's, a, he's the smaller dude. He's always had to have that chip on his shoulder and everyone continues to keep stepping on him. And, and that's his problem. And, and when, when now he's trying to, you know, puff out his chest a little bit because he had a couple good games, that's where that comes from. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I get that. Okay. Because, you know, when you overcome adversity and every single person telling you you're not good enough, you're not tall enough, you know, you don't have the arm talent to do this and whatever in your life. I don't know if his personal life is like that, where he was dogged by a lot of people, but I mean, when you look at it from the football perspective, he has checked a lot of the boxes to say, I warrant another opportunity or I warranted another opportunity with this Cleveland Brown team based on, you know, because what OBJ left and he won a Super Bowl. So that the optics is what it was. So mm -hmm. now if we're talking about how the Cleveland Browns are running this organization, you're telling me you don't have 52 or 90 guys right now for OTAs in that locker room being like, if they're doing this to the what was supposed to be the franchise number one overall pick quarterback for this team, if they're doing this to this guy right now because they got another franchise quarterback, what the hell could they do to me, me. in yep. the future? Like, come on. This is what makes players and free agents say, hey, Browns, fuck you. I'm not coming there. Yeah, this is what this is what has made the Browns the Browns for a long time time like they do things kind of like this now of course Deshaun Watson is a huge upgrade over sure. Baker Mayfield I understand that completely but like I said the way it's kind of going down I, I still believe Baker Mayfield is one of the best he's somewhere within the top 32 quarterbacks in the NFL and deserves to have a job somewhere I believe the problem is is the teams that are like really only two left that need a quarterback have shown zero interest for the most part. It's Seattle, it's Carolina. And mm. outside of that, there's not a whole lot of need out there. You got Carolina who just drafted Matt Corral. Don't love it. You know what I mean? But Seattle's sitting there with Geno Smith. Seattle is telling them, mm. I would rather have Geno Smith and Drew Locke than Over Baker, Baker Mayfield. Mayfield. Like that, yeah. What would that do to your psyche as a player going, holy crap. I mean, we're talking about a guy who's had, what, three different offenses in four years. Because yep. he started there. Uh, you know, and, and went through three head coaches in his first three years. And, yeah. and he still was able to find a way to get into the playoffs there with Kevin Stefanski's first season. And it's just like, it just doesn't, it doesn't seem to, to matter. Baker Mayfield, usually the quarterbacks in general are always going to get the blame for a team's success. But I'm still a believer that last season, Kevin Stefanski's willingness to just abandon the run game, which mm. gave them so much success at times, has a little bit more to do with them losing some of the ball games that they did. Well, and that's and that's the argument when it comes to a guy like Baker Mayfield for me, because is he limited and capped to what, you know, you get out of other quarterbacks? It's very possible. Can you win with a Baker Mayfield while you stick to a system of running the ball play action pass? and you know rolling out of the pocket yes you can and mm -hmm. we've seen it because he went to the playoffs and we yep. saw them execute that scheme to perfection if you want to say but i mean understanding that they wanted to get an upgrade because they believe the defense is ready to go they can do a lot of good things with that defense but i mean then the dogs are out up over there the Dude, dogs are the, out the, the dogs are pissed off right this second Be because of the baker mayfield conversation yeah exactly they're all about the dog pound so while Jake had to deal with the dog 
pound. I mean, it's, you know, it's fitting. We were talking about the Cleveland Browns and the dog pound and, and Jake's dogs start going crazy. Now, this is what happens when you live in the sticks. Yeah. Like there are animals running around at nighttime and the dogs just, here's what's even more fitting. The dog that was going crazy. It was Chubb. It's it just, it, it just so, it just so happens that the dog that I named after Nick Chubb, as we're talking about the Browns is going totally ape yeah. shit out in the backyard during a podcast. So that just tells you that Jake's a closet uh, Cleveland Browns fan. I mean, I'm a Nick Chubb fan. <laughs> I was a big I mean, Jarvis Landry fan too. And that's why, you know, yeah, it's not so much the case anymore. I, since he's not I, I like a lot of players on that defense, but I mean, the Browns can, I don't know. I mean, sorry, Browns fans. I, I wish you nothing but luck, but I mean, your season has the opportunity right now to fall off the rails before it begins, just based on locker room dynamics. Uh, you know, $250 million quarterback going to be suspended. Like you guys got a lot of problems on your hands. Yes, but I do like David Bell. Silver like lining. Let's talk a little bit of David Bell because we just, we're, we did a scouting reports coming out on headline or you in the next couple of days. And I mean, this guy, man, he, to me is like one, I, it might be bold, but I think he's one of the best route runners in this entire draft class. I mean, talk about bold. I don't remember where I said it. It's in a video somewhere. Which video it was, couldn't tell you. Don't remember. It may not even be released yet. It may be coming out later this week because he's in one of my videos coming up here real soon. It would not surprise me that at the end of the season, if David Bell doesn't finish as the rookie wide receiver three. Oh, yeah. I, Dude, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see any fault in that whatsoever. It will not surprise me whatsoever. The touchdowns may not be there, sure, but the the receptions and the yardage could definitely be there for for David Bell. And a lot of people are like, "Who the hell is David Bell?" Like the guy is, get to he know fell into name. a perfect situation. Get to know the name, man. Yep. He fell in the draft simply he was a third rounder because of the the combine. And and this tells this is what pisses me off as as a scout and an analyst because. You got pro scouts doing your due diligence and you drop him that far down the draft board because he ran a four, six at the combine. So you're telling me that an NFL club cannot understand how to utilize a wide receiver with supreme route run release ability and, and even athletic ability run after the catch ability, even though he doesn't have the wheels, he still finds ways to get open and make plays. You're telling me you don't have an opportunity for a guy like this on your club because he ran a four, six at the combine. Come on, man. Like shit, give me a damn scouting job. And I'll just, I'll freaking, like I said, I'll win you a super bowl in three years. Damn it. <laughs> well, what's crazy. And I mean, hopefully I'm not spoiling anything in your scouting report because I haven't seen it since it's not out yet. But when I see David bell, I kind of see a version of Jarvis Landry. And that's not wrong. You know who, who you know I, I mean? Comp- it's kind of, you know who I comped him to Stevie Johnson. Okay. Well, I mean, yes, absolutely. The same type of player. And, and Jarvis Landry was a four, seven guy yes. at the combine. So this is not like, you know, he, you know, we're talking about some crazy, you know, slow speed. He's faster than Jarvis Landry. The route running is, is exactly what Landry is known for as well. He's got great hands. It's just, I, I don't understand why, you put so much stock into a time in shorts and spandex and everything. Else. Like to me, I don't care. I want to see how fast you're moving with your pads on and what you're doing then. Not so much in the underwear Olympics. That's it. So, I mean, David Bell, when I see that, I mean, as much as I kind of wanted Jarvis to go back to Cleveland, especially mm-hmm. once they got Deshaun Watson, because I felt it was a great situation. David Bell in the slot for Deshaun Watson could mm. eat up receptions. I mean, look what Deshaun Watson used to do in the slot with the likes of Kiki, do you love me? Kiki QT and Randall Cobb at times. He likes those receivers in the slot. And David Bell could definitely play there and, and just rack up the receptions. Rack them up, man. I mean, when it comes to the athletic ability for a guy like David Bell, if you don't know, I watch a lot of his film, like the game film. But if you guys just want to go see highlights, just go Google his highlight tape. And you will see how many times he's falling backward Odell Beckham style, but two handing it, not one hands. Mm-hmm. But that takes a lot of skill and ability. So if he can translate that in the NFL, along with being in the slot, I mean, good Lord, he is going to be a massive steal in the third round. Yeah, I absolutely love it. I, I am looking forward to some David Bell here this year. A lot of people, and here's what's even greater about it. Even if you don't play Dynasty, if you're just looking at it from a redraft perspective, the guy's probably going to be free the last yes. round of your draft. So if if it's somebody like me 
where I may not even draft a kicker. If you have a kicker, depending on when you draft, I'll take an extra skill player and see what happens throughout the preseason. David Bell would definitely fit that. I won't draft a kicker. I'll draft David Bell. Mm-hmm. Nothing seems to happen. I'll find somebody to drop for a kicker week one. But, dude, for, for free at the end of a draft for a guy that could go out there and see 100 targets, is, is it's fine by me. You can go ahead and keep on passing because I'll gladly take him in the last round of every draft. Absolutely. And the only the only caveat you're going to say is you wish that uh, Deshaun Watson was going to play week right. one. If Deshaun was playing week one, then I'm 100 percent in the last round taking me a David Bell where we're more likely if it is four to six weeks, let's just say it's the latter at six weeks for for Watson. Then clearly you're probably going to see the ascension of David Bell happen around like week eight, nine ish. Uh, halfway point, so then he's going to be a priority waiver wire guy for you. But I mean, David Bell, definitely a name you guys got to keep on your radar because he's a good one, man. Jerry Judy. Good Lord. I mean, do we even like we got to talk about this because this was so stupid. I don't even understand how this man got arrested for hiding baby formula and a wallet from his wife, I believe, or girlfriend, baby mama, whatever it is. But I mean, he was arrested for a domestic domestic situation, misdemeanor, no act of violence. So, I mean, he's out on bond, but this is such a bad look. I mean, like, okay, you have a disagreement with your significant other. Clearly she called the police on him. They They arrested him. And then she says, you know, well, I wasn't feeling threatened or whatever. Then what the hell are you calling yeah, the, police you call for? the police for? And, and I'm not I'm not trying to condone any kind of domestics. Nothing like I, I get it, man. A lot of people in a lot of trouble. But this one is just so far out of left field that it clearly appears. I mean, from the outside, from the information we know, it clearly appears that they were having a disagreement about something. So Judy was like, fine, now with you, I'm going to hide your keys or your wallet in the formula. So you can't do what you need to do till you, you know, talk to me or whatever it was. Good Lord, man. Is he going to get suspended for this? Because that's what it kind of feels like, too. It kind of feels like it. Like At first, when it came out, that it sounded serious. And then all of a sudden, it came out of what actually happened. Like you just explained. I'm like, okay, who really cares? I've forgotten about it. But like the longer you think about it, like this just kind of fits into something where you can say that he is going to break some policy somewhere at the NFL and find himself a two, three game suspension because of it. And right. Do I want to say that I hate that? I mean, I'm not going to sit here and argue with whatever the laws and policies are in the NFL because whatever I say is not going to change them. But right. it it's just weird because all of a sudden we're so pumped up about the Broncos offense with Russell Wilson and Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. And now now you kind of got this and you're just like, I don't I don't know what to do. Like, is it something we are even going to find out about before the season starts? Maybe not. Maybe it's something that doesn't get settled till next year. Whatever it is, it's just going to give you those cause for concerns. And maybe you were super pumped up about Jerry Judy this year. Now, all of a sudden, you have a, a little bit of reservation because you just you just don't know. And it's very scary because I was huge going to be like, you know, on the bandwagon for Jerry Judy to have a blow up season this year with Russ. And this offense was poised and primed. And I mean, when we're talking about the AFC West, we know who's in this division, man. Excuse me. It's it's just loaded with a bunch of freaking talent. You know the points are going to be all over the scoreboard basically each and every week. I don't even care if those defenses are that good, man. These offenses are primed in all, you know, four teams in that division to put up some major points and numbers. I really don't know what to do with Judy now. So it's almost like the ADP has to fall for me. If this, let's say we go into fantasy drafts, you know, knowing what we know today, his ADP has got to be at a point where I'm willing to risk that because even, okay, is it, was he going to two games? Maybe at most, there's no way he gets more than two. And it's not about, okay, the two games I'm going to miss. It's, it's about, how much is he going to miss in camp? How much uh, chemistry building with Russ is he going to miss? You know, then who's going to take over the role when he does come back? How long is it going to take for him to get back on the field and find production? Those are the problems because I it was uh, hopefully it was going to be seamless by the time week one happened. Just don't do bad things, man. Yeah, Shit. It's, it's not that hard. I no. mean, just, just be a good person and then and get along. Just, just love everyone. But what's crazy is right now, Jerry, Judy, in 12-team leagues, has an average ADP, which is still early. Okay, yep. this is still super early, into the fifth round. Too high now. The It's too high, 100%. But what makes it even crazier is he is right there now back-to-back with his teammate, Cortland Sutton, who's also now <laughs> creeped up into the fifth round. So if you are hell-bent on a piece of yeah. this offense at this point in time, I'm going Cortland Sutton over Jerry Judy. 
And it's hard to argue, man, because frick. I, if they're in the same area, I'm going to take the guy with the less headaches right now. And it's the fifth round. That's that's high capital, man. So the same round as Allen Robinson. Who would you rather take? I, I'm going Allen Robinson. I over, probably am too. Over like, the other two. Like yeah. that's just that's just how it goes for me right now. But oh good lord, Judy. Uh Judy Chop. You ever watch the Redneck Ninja on YouTube? No. Google that whenever you're you're bored or you're just like wanting to burn brain cells that you'll never get back. Okay. Instead of saying like it's a like a judo chop or something, he has his ah Judy chop and he's got like this total accent. It's it's the stupidest thing you'll ever watch, but it'll make you laugh. Okay, and that's perfect because that's gonna be my new slogan for Judy every time he makes a Judy thing. chop. A Judy chop. <laughs> Speaking of chops, I mean this one, the Falcons trade last week here for Brian Edwards from Las Vegas. And it was what a seventh round pick going back. Okay, like peanuts. Like, 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 like a can of Dr. Pepper. Right. And <laughs> do you remember how everyone was all over Brian Edwards junk when he came out, you know, especially on the Twitter sphere, everyone was falling in love, believing he's the next best thing since sliced bread. I was never like a Christian Watson this year, basically. Okay. And exactly. And uh, I was never a non supporter of Brian Edwards, no. but I understood where my expectations needed to rest. And everyone else was like, he's going to be a wide receiver. One never did anything. The Falcons now trade for him because they require a lot of wide receiver depth. Now the Calvin Ridley's gone. I get it. Marcus Mariota. I get it. You know, the new rookie Ritter. I mean, you're probably going to go with Mariota and okay. They got a, a bunch of tall trees. Cause Edwards is tall as well. I mean, mm-hmm. you got towers all over skyscrapers, I guess is what we're going to call them. But do we see this being anything as kind of where my long dissertation is going? Because I mean, really Brian Edwards, is he going to be a thing ever? I don't think so. I mean, he may be a decent wide receiver too in the NFL, but as far as fantasy purposes, he fell to a situation where they cannot support that many pass catching weapons. You got Kyle Pitts, you got Drake London there now. Sure, they need more weapons, but Marcus Mariota or Ritter, Desmond Ritter, neither one of these guys are going to go out there this year and turn all three of those guys into fantasy studs. If I had to put my money on a wide receiver, it'll be London over Edwards. I, I talked to I was talking to Ethan earlier in the week, and I said it all depends on where they go with quarterback. For me, if they go Mariota, I like Pitts more than I like London because I think that Mariota relies a little bit more on the tight end. If it's Ritter, he's a little bit younger and a little bit more, I want to call him a gunslinger, but he's he's willing to make more, you know, potential deep throws down the field. The 50-50 balls, all of a sudden, Drake London becomes somebody I like a little bit more with Ritter. But it's not to say that they're locked in top 12 i do think Pitts. obviously i mean you could fall into the end zone twice and be a top 12 tight end but drake london is kind of just sitting right there for me as i like drake london the path to targets is clear as day but how many does that really lead to if marcus mariota is under center is the question does he only see 80 targets especially now that brian edwards is in the mix if he's seen 80 targets that means he's in the neighborhood of 60 receptions if he's in the neighborhood of 60 receptions it means he's right around six seven hundred yards is that enough to really be excited about i i don't i mean it's a good season but it's sure. nothing to go out he's not going to be jamar chase maybe a flex play yeah on, every on, once in a while matchup play yeah, yeah. i mean yeah, it's, I mean, I got some faith in Mariota still. I want to see it. And, I, and and the reason, because I believe him playing in LV was a positive for his game. He got to sit, he got to learn. And when he came into the game in, in relief of Derek Carr that one time, I think, you know, he kind of did show what he was capable of again mm-hmm. because we knew what he could do. It's just the Tennessee offense would kill anybody. And oh, I, yeah. I, I, I believe it, right? So being on an offense that is more, you know, potentially high powered in, in what LV was. And then, you know, moving on to a team that has a lot. The thing is the way I look at this, even if it's Ritter overthrows are going to happen with these guys, but because they're so damn tall and their catch radiuses are so large, mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter if they're off because these guys will likely come down with the ball. So you're going to get that type of quote unquote lock point. If you want to say but I, I want to see it. I'm, I'm, I'm really rooting for Mariota this year because I really hope that he can actually rebound his career and be the quarterback we thought he was going to be. Now, one thing we haven't really mentioned or talked about yet is, okay, so if Marcus Mariota is the starter there this year for the Atlanta Falcons, he's coming from Las Vegas, who also just brought in Brian Edwards. So maybe Correct. you had Mariota in maybe. somebody's ear saying, hey, I worked out every day with this dude. Me and him are on the same page. Right. And this is kind of like the quote-unquote binky for Marcus Mariota. That is that going to lead to 
stellar wide receiver numbers in fantasy football? Probably not. But putting two and two together, they're both coming over from Las Vegas. You know, Edwards after Mariota, it, it just makes me think that Mariota's like, listen, you can probably go get this dude for super cheap, and I'm telling you, me and him can click and make things happen. I love it. I love that theory because we've seen it happen more often than not when mm-hmm. these guys come back together. So definitely one to keep your eye on for sure. I like it. We got some bad news today, though. <laughs> Did you see Philip Lindsay signs with the Indianapolis dude. Colts? And this is going to drop, you know, JT's touches mm. into the ground. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think it's it hurts a- Naheem Hines a lot. It definitely hurts <laughs> Naheem Hines. JT's untouchable. I'm yeah. I, I Now, do I want to see JT get 30 touches a week? I mean, I do selfishly, sure, but yeah. it would be better for the long haul if he was sitting more along the lines of 22-ish or so. And if that means that Philip Lindsay gets a little bit more, I love Philip Lindsay. I wish Philip Lindsay would just get a chance somewhere. He's just never gotten a chance to really just be the guy. And he's not going to in Indianapolis, but he could carve out a decent role there. Uh, I did like Naheem Hines. I felt, you know, at times Naheem Hines could come in and kind of be a little change of pace, but they didn't have to completely change the game plan. Cause every once in a while they're, they're having goal line carries up the middle with Naheem Hines. So trying to catch defenses, you know, off guard a little bit, thinking, oh, Jonathan Taylor's not in here. They're going to be passing. They're not going to run up the middle with Naheem Hunt. It kind of gave him that, that you know, different look in the offense. Now with Philip Lindsay, do we even see Naheem Hines? A lot of question marks. Totally different offense now with Matt Ryan. Mm-hmm. We know Matt Ryan is not afraid to check down to running backs at times, so I, I don't hate that. Uh, but, yeah, I wish Philip Lindsay could have gone somewhere else and really – got a, a more solidified role somewhere to where he could at least be a clear number two. He's not even that in Indianapolis. I don't understand why the hatred on the man. He, all he did was I don't produce. get it either. He comes off the, the free agent undrafted rookie free agent market. He puts up what two straight 1000 yard seasons. And then, you know, his, he, he, I think his third season, he didn't get the thousand yard and then they basically let him go. Mm-hmm. And it was like, why, why, what did he do in that span that made you believe he could not continue? So It is an interesting signing because we were talking up the same thing of Naheem Hines going into the slot, but then that kind of piggies back. The other point I saw in Indianapolis, Harris Campbell, Harris Campbell, baby. (laughs) Yes. I'm excited. My juices are flowing a little too much, but I mean, cause I'm a Paris Campbell guy always have been. I love the skill set. His problem is he could just never stay healthy on the field. He is currently get ready. Y'all practicing full force at OTAs right now, and I love it. He says he's fully healthy. The foot is healed up. And if we get some damn Paris Campbell in the slot this year with a Matt Ryan who can still feed the ball over the middle, good Lord almighty, I'm taking Paris Campbell in every damn draft that I have. Stay out of my way because I'm knocking you down. I mean, I I love Paris Campbell too. The problem is is I feel like I've been duped the past couple <laughs> years. You know what I mean? Like I, I get time. so excited, and you see – flashes in the off season and training camps. And then this regular season comes around. The guy has started eight games in three years. Yep. Like to me, I, that just worried. It maybe you just want to say, Hey, how many games did he appear in? Let's not even talk about being a starter. He's only appeared in 15 games in three years. Perfect. So like, to me, it's like, as much as I really, really, really want to, yeah. I am not investing anything early I'm not investing anything middle. I barely want to invest anything late in Paris Campbell. Now, if he's healthy, I think he'll catch a lot of people off guard because I think he would fit in perfectly there uh, alongside Michael Pittman. We have Alec Pierce there now. Mm. Uh, I I think it works, but it works very well. It works so well. And it's like, maybe that's why I'm a little hesitant is because it's like, Oh, this could be really good. And I, once, once I have that feeling, it's like, it's probably just too good to be true. (laughs) And Paris Campbell just kind of fits that. I remember going to the combine and watching Paris Campbell and stuff going like this dude is like legit a more skilled Tavon Austin. <laughs> like that's kind Big of how, time. that's how and I kind of and he's got some truck ability. Yes. And yeah, yeah, he's he's got the power behind it as well. And it's just like, man, this guy, no matter what it is, it's just one injury after another. Some of them are just stupid injuries that make no sense. Some of the guy's getting hurt when he's not even on the field. It's just like yeah. There's just so much around it where I kind of want to let some, I'll let you have him in a draft because I would rather see him succeed than see him fail on my bench again. 
I get it. <laughs> I mean, for me, it's going to be, you know, last five rounds of my draft. Yeah. If, if Paris is there. What's then... his ADP? Is he even being drafted? Let me look. I highly doubt that. If Paris... it is, it's probably 15th round. Paris Campbell. Oh, wow. 21st round as of right now. Go. He there is currently go. wide receiver. Wow. Wide receiver 106. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> this is music to my ears. Yeah. You know what? You know what's going to suck? Because if he does play in the preseason and he makes a couple highlight reel catches, it'll shoot up. He's going all the way up to like 10 or 11 yep. round. Like that's just what's going to happen. But yep, 100%. And if that's the case, then yeah, then the ADP is a little too high for my blood to say okay. I'm going to do it. Question. So you're sitting there at the end of your draft, like you're talking about. You go on Paris Campbell, or are you going to just wait to the very last pick and take Justin Ross? I'll still go Paris. Ah, that's a tough one. I mean, I'll probably go Paris only because Ross is brand spanking new. Yeah. That that's probably I'll probably give even though Paris hasn't seen a lot of games action, I, he's still a vet. So I, I think he would know at least the playbook and the offense a little bit better. I so, have yeah, to I'll, stop watching Justin Ross videos. I have to stop. <laughs> he's so good, man. Dude, I he, have to stop because every time I watch it, I'm like, dude, this yeah. guy is this guy is next level if he can just stay healthy once again. Because Justin Ross, like I, I mean, I, I knew who he was, and I followed him somewhat throughout college, but not like super closely. When I go back and really watch film on Justin Ross, mm-hmm. like I get excited, and he's an alpha man, dude. I mean, he that, is. He is a hundred percent an absolutely. alpha wide receiver, and with an opportunity in Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes throwing the ball, like the stars are maybe aligning for Justin Ross if he's healthy. And- and it was like the Mike Williams thing. Everyone got scared off because yep. he broke his neck or whatever it was. And it's this a Clemson little, thing, I guess. It may be. I mean, but this is different because his his uh, vertebrae is fused. Yep. So I mean, if he takes one wrong hit, then I think he could be paralyzed. Like that's that's where I kind of understand where teams were like, you know what, you gotta just say when to say when that we're not gonna, you know. Uh, promote and and you know enable an accident mm-hmm. or an injury to happen where this guy could be paralyzed under our watch that i completely understand but if he is healthy and he does remain healthy and this fusion is of no consequence he definitely could be an alpha in in Kansas City and be the replacement for a Tyreek Hill and and you know what speed fine not the same but i mean he could definitely make plays he showed it at clemson and he is a good wide receiver how about another clemson guy that i know you kind of had a hard on for last year Amari rogers yeah i, I love mean me some, i love me some Amari rogers do you think still. he gets a chance this year i pray and and you know what it was he it was because he ran the wrong routes and yep. he dropped a couple balls and aaron was like get off the field and like that's what i'm worried about christian watson if he does the same right. thing Right. So then maybe this is going to be the year that Amari comes on to play because he now has a full year, maybe a little bit more chemistry, kind of same deal happened with an MVS where Rogers didn't trust him. And he finally got on the same page. I love me some Amari Rogers. I think he is the Randall Cobb that we remember when he first came in the league, like maybe not as fast, but I think that his speed is deceptive. And once he gets in the open field, Amari Rogers can do some damage too. Yeah. I, nobody talks about him. I mean, we talk about it having to have all these needs in Green Bay and, you know, all the, the receivers that they lost. And now, you know, they got Christian Watson, Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb. But it just seems like everybody just always just passes over Amari Rogers like he doesn't even exist. And if he can get on the field, he could add a completely different dimension to that offense and catch a lot of people by surprise because he is what Randall Cobb was like eight years ago. Like that's Correct. that's what he is. He just needs to stop making stupid mistakes. That's it. Run the right damn routes and on the hot reads and Aaron Rodgers will feed you the ball, but that's right. Let's talk a little bit rookies because I mean, there are a couple here that I really do like, and I want to touch before we get out of here because Jalen Tolbert on the Dallas Cowboys, this guy, I was very favorable South Alabama. If you guys don't know, and he is one of these wide receivers. That's very well put together. He's got good enough wheels. His hands are very good. Contested catchability is there. Why I bring him up is because we know Michael Gallup is going to probably start the year on the pop and he won't be playing. Jalen Tolbert has the ability in this offense to be a dynamo secondary target. I get it. Washington is there. I just don't trust James Washington. I think James uh, or Jalen Tolbert, excuse me, could be one of these guys that gets completely slept on. I'm praying that he doesn't make a massive statement in the preseason because that's when everybody's going to go on his, uh, you know, on his nuts and being like, I'm drafting him now, but it might be short lived. And that, and that's kind of the caveat you got to say, but what do you, what do you feel about Jalen, Jalen Tolbert? 
I think he's directly tied to what you just said with Michael Gallup. Mm -hmm. If Gallup is healthy and starting the season, I'm not that interested. I get it. If Gallup is going to miss any amount of time, I mean, literally, Jalen Tolbert is Michael Gallup a couple years ago, right? Because right. Gallup fell to the third round, I believe, in his draft as well. And a lot of yep. people, I loved Michael Gallup out of Colorado State. I mean, I like the, the way he could go up and contested, you know, you know, get contested catches. He really should have gone earlier, in my opinion. Sure. And now we're talking about Jalen Tolbert, and the guy is just super similar to Michael Gallup. And we've seen this with the Cowboys for a long time, right? We saw it with CeeDee Lamb a couple years ago. As soon as they drafted CeeDee Lamb, the writing was on the wall that Amari Cooper was probably going to be gone at some point. Like, we just figured out that, all right, this isn't going to be the, the, the case for long. And then Michael Gallup is there as well. Well, now Gallup's dealing with an injury. Insteps Jalen Tolbert, and he could be the next Michael Gallup, and then we don't even have to worry about anything. It's kind of like a revolving door. And they're very similar to me. But I think Michael Gallup still gets the lion's share of targets if he's good to go week one. If he's not, then Jalen Tolbert could definitely – it would not surprise me if Jalen Tolbert went out there and saw 70-plus targets this year. Oh, it wouldn't man. surprise it, me whatsoever. Oh, it would just it – would, it would make me so happy because I've been promoting this guy for quite some time now. And I, I, just, he, I just like his game, man. His game yeah. is very, very good, very strong, but – now, Interesting. I mean, they could coexist, you know what I mean? They, could, like, they could definitely coexist. Where does James Washington fit into that mix, though? You know what I mean? Because, I mean, Deep they're not threat, just gonna, maybe. Yeah, I mean, he, he'll he fit in there and run enough routes to just take some away from some of these guys. I mean, he's not going to be a, a, a volume hog there. I like Dalton Schultz still in the offense. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, there's we're talking about, you know, Tony Pollard out of the backfield. Zeke Elliott's still there. They got plenty of opportunity, but – Having Tolbert kind of fill what we kind of saw with Cedric Wilson in the past would make a lot of sense to me. Agreed. Do you feel like Zeke has got a trailer hooked onto him now? Because that's kind of how I feel he has. Everybody hates Zeke. I like Zeke. I just, you know what? It's it's like it's like uh, David Johnson. His fall off fell faster than any human running back I've ever seen in my life. Yes. Zeke's speed, it just isn't there anymore. And I think that, you know, we wanted to say it was the knee, and I get it. He was playing hurt all last season. I just don't see it anymore. And and if this year I'm going to watch his first he, – I, he, I doubt he'll play in the preseason. But, I mean, I'll watch his first couple snaps, and if I don't see that burst, I'm going to be more than convinced that he's got a trailer hooked up to him, man. And What's crazy about it, though, is, like, did we ever look at Zeke as being a burner? He was, though, when he first came in the league. He was fast as shit, and I don't know. It just it fell off so fast. But look at last last year. He averaged more yards per carry than he did his second year in the league. True. You know what I, I mean? So I, it's I get like, it. I get it. I mean, I think we're seeing more along the lines of he was saved by his offensive line early in his career by having okay, fair enough the best offensive line in football. And now that they have holes and that pieces are leaving, he's being exposed for maybe not being as good as we all thought he was, but he's, is he the same guy? Probably not. He, I, I would have to think that he's kind of lost a, a half a step in there. Sure. I still think that he's very capable of going out and rushing for a thousand yards a year but I think the holes on the offensive line and losing what they've lost over the last couple of years has had people look at Zeke and be like, dude, this guy is nothing special, which is definitely a, uh, something that we all missed early on because he was coming out and just knocking it out of the park. And sure, the offensive line was getting credit for it. But mm. I mean, Zeke was the one that was getting all the, the, the glitz and glam because of it. He was scoring all the touchdowns and, you know, everybody's talking about Zeke and Zeke goes out there and gets paid. Well, as soon as he's got to pay Zeke, other people aren't going to get paid. And the offensive line started to deteriorate. Still a lot of good pieces there, but not what it was two, three seasons ago. And now, now Zeke's just not it. And everybody wants to come out and say, Oh, well, Tony Pollard's better than Zeke is. It's like, come on guys. No, no, I mean, no, no, no. We're not doing that. No, too many people will look at it and say, Oh, Tony Pollard had a 50 yard run. He's better than Zeke. Tony Pollard couldn't handle 250 touches a season. Correct. Like year after year after year. He's not that type of guy. The reason Tony Pollard is excelling at times is because of the current role that he has. If you give him a quote unquote bell cow role for uh, role for a season, you're not going to be very happy with Tony Pollard every single week all year long. He's just, he's just one of those guys that people want to love because they hate Zeke. And that's the, I, I am still a Zeke fan. It's, it's not that I'm hating on Zeke. Cause you know, dudes jumping in salvation army barrels. I mean, how can you hate the guy? I mean, he's just, he, but, but I just, I feel like, you know, with a running back who has seen a lot of volume, like he has, 
And it's almost like an Arian Foster type situation too. I mean, Foster was the what RB one mm-hmm. for what two seasons, and then the decline just freaking happened like overnight. And and okay, is the is the decline happening to Zeke as we see right in front of our eyes potentially? And 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 for me, I just I'm taking notice, and and that's the thing. And maybe it's an empty trailer right now, but he's got a hooked up trailer, and maybe they're gonna stack some product in there soon to make it heavier. And if you guys don't get the analogy, it's probably sucks because it's it's making him slower. Okay, that's and, and my analogy. I just hope it's not a, a truckload of manure. If it's there not that, then we should be good. <laughs> I mean, should be okay. Is he a top five pick anymore? Absolutely not. Is right. he a solid running back too? I would take him as my running back too, yeah, and, and not really it. think much about it. The guy's still going to go out there and get you 250, 275 total touches, and there's not a lot of running backs that are still going to get that volume. And the the what excites me still about Zeke this year more than many others is because that O-line is so shady right now, he's likely going to see a lot of work in the pass game. You're going to see Dak check down when he's under pressure because I got a bad feeling that Dak's going to be running for his life quite a bit this year, and he's going to be looking for his old reliable. Either it's Dalton Schultz or it's going to be him, Zeke Elliott, or even Tony Pollard to some degree in the backfield coming out there. So it's going to be interesting, that's for sure. But you know one guy, dude, I've been constantly preaching and I'm going to continue is Mr. Isaiah Spiller. And and let me set this let me set the stage for all you guys who love you some Eckler because I do too. Isaiah Spiller can do it all what Eckler does, and they're of like same speed ish. Hands are just the same. They can both kind of you know avoid the truck, jump over the tackles, and go into the end zone. You were talking clones of each other with having different body types, and to me. The Chargers have been searching and dying for this RB2 in this offense to be the tandem that they can rotate in and out, save uh, El- uh, Eckler a little bit more from going to the medical room like we have seen because they've tried to do it for a full three-down workload not happening because he continuously gets hurt. You got to spell him. If Eckler goes down, I think Isaiah Spiller could be one of the best earning rookie running backs in the league this year because of the situation he's in and the skill set that he has. I mean, is that bold or what, baby? Nope, not at all. And it's actually bold. perfect timing because yes. the video that I had come out, what is, I don't even know what the day is, on Wednesday, I talked about some late round stashes that I will definitely take a stab on in the double digit rounds. And you better damn believe Isaiah Spiller was in my video. And a lot of people, like you said, you know, they're worried about it, right? They want Austin Eckler to get all those touches. But what they don't realize is for the last few years, we've had the Justin Jacksons, the Joshua Kellys, the Larry Roundtrees. They're going out there and they're getting combined 130 carries, 50 targets a season, somewhere right around there. Give that to Isaiah Spiller off the mm. rip. And if mm. then something happens to Austin Eckler, now you're talking oh. about a guy who's got top 12 potential every single week it's just one of those things where I think you can look at a lot of running backs late and be like, I I need an injury to happen in order for this guy to make it to my lineup. I feel like Isaiah Spiller could get enough work every single week from week one on to still be somewhat flex worthy in deeper leagues. Because if the guy goes out there and gets 12 touches a week in that offense, Mm -hmm. you're looking at the same type of scenario that we always talk about with AJ Dillon and green Bay. Like Mm -hmm. if he can be efficient and get, you know, catch a few passes, Maybe he finds the end zone. Isaiah Spiller, I love Austin Eckler. Don't get me wrong. Like, sure. I, I want so Eckler I. to still be the guy. Like I yep. still want Eckler to be the guy. But Isaiah Spiller makes a lot of sense, especially if you're an if you're an Austin Eckler owner and you're late in the drafts. People are going to overlook Spiller, but that dude would be plug and play if anything happens to Eckler. And the only reason, because we started the draft process over at Headliner U, and and Spiller was my RB two at that time and this was right at the beginning of the offseason before we got all the scouting and everything kicked off the only reason he fell was because of the testing he didn't test well he was playing injured and and okay fine you got to put a little bit of a marker on that because of that yes landing spot does come into play like a Brees hall is likely going to inherit that jets backfield instant volume you're going to have him as your fantasy rb1 i get it completely but this has the makings to be something very, very special, especially with how good L.A. has built this team this year. And they're going to be contending. I, I, I already said it, man. I said, I think last month that I believe the Chargers, barring health, obviously, are going to win this division in the AFC West. I, I just think they're too damn good. They're put together extremely well. The coaching staff had a lot of good lessons learned last season, and they won't make those same mistakes 
with a guy like Herbie, who is on the ascension to be one of the top three quarterbacks in this league, and that's going into this season. Good God, man. I think that, you know, you have a dual running back approach in this offense where you can swing it to either Eckler or uh, Spiller from the backfield. How do you defend that with a Keenan Allen with a Mike Williams and company on the field? You cannot. And and Spiller is an amazing wide receiver out of the backfield, and he could rack up a lot of yak yardage and get those end zone touches. I'm telling you, I love me some Isaiah Spiller this year. I mean, part of the reason that we've liked Eckler for so long is his efficiency, right? He's not right. one of those guys that needs 30 touches a game to go out there and have a big game. Even when Melvin Gordon was there, Austin Eckler was still putting up points. Like, that's the beautiful thing about him. It's kind of similar to like maybe like an Aaron Jones at times where if you can get these guys 15 touches, they're going to go out there and put up around 15 fantasy points. Like they're that efficient. So it doesn't worry me that they're both there. I worry more along the lines of people. Sorry, this is the bills thing about James cook. Like, okay. I, I, because when you look at the Buffalo running game, there's just 65 million pieces that are involved in it and they don't run a whole lot. Sure. In, in LA, it's not so, I mean, sure, there, there may be names on a depth chart, but Isaiah Spiller and Austin Eckler are going to be at the top, and they're both going to get a consistent role and volume every single week. I could go out there and say, hey, there's going to be weeks where I could flex Isaiah Spiller, I believe. I don't know if I can say that about James Cook without it being a lot bigger of a gamble because it could be Josh Allen stealing both goal line touchdowns. It could be Devin Singletary's 20-yard touchdown that's the only score from the running backs. Maybe it's a close game and the only rushing is Josh Allen himself. But whatever it may be, there's just a lot more question marks surrounding certain rookies than others. And Isaiah Spiller, to me, is one that's fell into a pretty good situation that even though you can talk about like the Damian Pierces or the, the Algiers of the world, whatever it is, like, I'll take Spiller over all those guys. Yeah, me too. I'm I'm game for sure because do I so here I'll 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 rebut your cook thing and you're not wrong by any stretch. I'll rebut it this way only because from what I'm already reading and seeing out of the Bills scheme because it is going to be a new OC in Ken Dorsey and they will do things that Dable did not because they got a little bit too vanilla. Do they want Josh Allen to run as much? He's likely still going to run because that's just who he is. But what you didn't have is that capable guy from the backfield with speed. And I don't hate Devin Singletary. Zach Moss is a complete another story. I mean, he's just whatever now. But I mean, a Devin Singletary can run you the ball 15 to 18 times a game and get you 3.2 yards per carry. Maybe that's why the Bills and Dable's offense were like, no, we can't continue this because we're just not generating enough. A guy like Cook who can run to the outside with supreme acceleration just needs one one little shake to break one because he's so fast. You know, doing those triangle routes coming from the backfield, being that wide receiver out of the backfield. That's why I'm saying it's like the Alvin Kamara role. Everyone dogged Alvin Kamara coming out of the lead, uh, out of the draft when he got drafted, not believing he was a three down back. And look what he did. Yes, he's 215 and Cook is 190. I get it. There is a difference in body mass. But... When you're looking at sheer skill set and, and how they could be deployed in these offenses, yes, I do believe Isaiah Spiller is the safer of the options, 100%, as we sit today. But I think the explosive playability for James Cook will rival that. It just may not be as consistent like you're saying. Yeah, that's the biggest thing is it's, it's going to be kind of hit and miss. He may explode week three. He hardly does anything week four, five, six, and seven. And then week eight, he wins you your week if you play him. Like It's just right. kind of how I see it with James Cook, where Spiller may be a little bit more of a constant, you know, a constant floor every week. May not always be something you want to start, but, you know, 12, 15 touches a week won't be bad in that offense. Yeah, man, he'll get you like eight to, what, 15 on a consistent with a touchdown hitting over 20 sometimes. Yep. Like that's how we're going with Mr. Spiller, but I love these rookies. I'm telling you, this running back class was very nice. And it's all gravy, baby, man. I mean, they're nice, but I, I don't love all the situations for all. Of I them. get, I get it. I get that's it. my biggest thing is I, I think the, the NFL as a whole just doesn't value running backs like they used to. And with this whole committee approach, there's very few guys that you can even like, even when you talk about Brees Hall and everybody loving Brees Hall and he's number one in everybody's rankings, mine included, but it's just like, I still liked Michael Carter. Like I, he, Michael sure. Carter doesn't suck. <laughs> you no, know what I mean? Not. So it's just like, it's one of those guys that we love the talent, but he went somewhere where there's somebody else who just doesn't suck. And if they went somewhere where they don't have really that, that much competitions, like, like in Atlanta, 
it's Atlanta. And like, how much are they really going to run the ball and how many scoring opportunities do they get? It's Houston. I mean, Houston's horrible. I mean, but right. yeah, here we are. You know, we got rookies. And that's going why there. I'm not going on the Pierce bandwagon. I can't do it. Yeah. I, I'm, I, I'm not a fan of the skill set. And even though it's volume, you know, path to volume is, is definitely there. I just, I really, really struggle with a Damian Pierce. But yep. I mean, you were, you're talking about Algier. And, and the interesting aspect of Algier is if he turns into somebody like a Michael Carter or a Michael Turner, excuse me, mm-hmm. that Atlanta used to have, that would be very nice. When it comes to the Brees Hall and Michael Carter situation, you could almost see a tandem approach like we saw at UNC with a Javante and Michael Carter. Mm-hmm. This is kind of what I see. And I, I think Jeff. Fans, I'm telling you all this like the, a million time I've said it. Stand up, man, and take a bow because the way that you guys are building this roster, it's still going to take a couple years to get to the top end. But the way you guys are building this roster, man, it's making me a Jets fan, and that makes me throw up in my mouth because I, you know, you guys are just rivals. It used to be an easy two wins a year for Seriously, you. Seriously, man, <laughs> it's not yeah. going to be. And I'll even go as far as say, is this not going to be that easy this year? Like, it's not. I, I don't think the Jets are going to be going out there and winning eight, nine, ten games. No, they're probably not only going to. They're probably only going to win like four to six. But they're going to be a hell of a lot more competitive in the games that they're losing, and they're not just going to be the cakewalk that they've been for a while. Since the butt fumble. Absolutely. This is this is the changing of the guard, and this is your process improving. (sighs) Jets fans. And I like Zach Wilson. So do I. And he's beefed up a little bit, you know, gonna take a couple more hits. And what would a good run game do for a a Zach Wilson? I mean, it's gonna be play action mania. And then Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson. Oh, good lord almighty. You know what, Jets fans, go screw yourselves. (laughs) You know, you're just excited. I am excited. Don't forget about Corey Davis either. I mean, difference maker. Sure. Said yeah. No one ever. No one. Yeah. <laughs> He'll be sprinkled in every now and then by these rookies who are going to take his thunder. But yeah, ish. <laughs> are we still are we still giving away this uh, Bluetooth speaker to the fans that are? You better believe it. But but you got to you got to leave us a review. Now, what I've been telling people here for a couple of weeks is you got to leave us the, the five-star review. And because these platforms are pretty stupid, especially like Spotify, sorry, if you're listening on Spotify, we can't see who leaves the five-star review. So you got to send us a screenshot. You can send it to one of us on Twitter. You can email me at info at the fantasy headliners.com with a screenshot because we're going to be drawing a winner here in just about two weeks or so. June 1st is what I have penciled down. I have it sitting right behind me here, but yeah, the JBL Bluetooth speaker customized with the fantasy headliners logo. Looking forward to giving that away, but you guys got to try to help us grow the podcast by leaving us that positive rating and review. Uh, We would greatly, greatly appreciate it. And tell your friends and family. It doesn't take somebody, you know, it doesn't take a lot. You know, I love these guys, you know, and I love headliner nation. I'm not saying this is you. I've, I got some friends that are like this where they're like, I'm like, dude, Hey, can you just hit that like button for me? They're like, Dude, I, I just don't throw out the likes. You know, you got to do something, you know, do something for the likes. And I'm like, dude, it's a fucking like button. Just hit yeah, the damn just like hit button. hit the damn thing. Okay, we're good at what we do. Just hit the damn like button. But nevertheless, I think that, I mean, even me, I was 100% guilty of this before we started doing this. I would watch a buttload of videos or listen to podcasts and I would never hit the like button. Yeah, you lazy bastard. I just didn't think about it, but like it didn't <laughs> click to me. But now that we do this, I'm like, yeah. how hard is it? You know, just 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 hook a hook a brother up with a like every That's once in a while, it, man. Dude, just a like, man. I, I mean, now I want to make sure I throw this in here because I'm, I haven't gotten Kyle's response yet. But in today's video, you got to go find it. It was about late round stashes, and I put in the video that if the video got a thousand likes, I'm gonna give away Kyle's YouTube plaque. Perfect. <laughs> so he, so he could lose his YouTube plaque. The other day, like earlier in the week, he gave away my Nick Chubb jersey without even asking. So this was payback. So you got to go hit the like button because I said I need a thousand likes and I'm like 250 short still. So go hit that like button. I'm going to go hit that like button for that because I just want to see that Kyle's bike. reaction. I told him, I said, uh, you know, you're going to end up losing it. You're going to send it to somebody. Else. We're going to autograph that bad boy and send it out. That's <laughs> it, man. You're done. No more plaque for you, sir. But nevertheless, that was fun as always. So mm-hmm. let's get out of here, man. So on that note, that is the show. Thanks so much for tuning in to all the listeners. Thank you for all the support. And until next time, stay safe and be kind to each other. I'm out. <laughs>